Welcome to Code Talk, the podcast where we discuss building code and its impact on residents and business owners in Fairfax County. You know, inspectors are sometimes referred to as first preventers. That's because they provide an invisible web of protection in our community, whether they're looking at the new deck on your town home or one of the high-rises emerging in Reston or Tyson's. And today on our very first edition of Code Talk, we're going to talk to Johnny Vinoy, an inspector, a master combination inspector with the Building Division of Land Development Services, who has been with the county for 18 years. Now, with warmer weather coming soon, we thought we'd launch this podcast series by talking about the building inspector's role with pool and spa safety. So, Johnny, you're the guinea pig. You're number one. Thanks for being on the first episode of Code Talk. It's my pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely glad to have you and looking forward to a a conversation that I think is going to affect a lot of residents in Fairfax County. With warmer weather coming, everybody wants wants the warmer weather, I know I do, and want to hit the pool and spa when it gets here. So I guess before we get to the topic of conversation, I want to learn a little bit about you, about who Johnny Vinoy is. And I got to ask you, what in the world is a master combination inspector? Well, a master combination inspector uh, holds eight different certifications. Oh my gosh. Four in the residential area, building electric and plumbing, and another four in the commercial area, building electric, plumbing, and mechanical wow. for a total of eight. Wow. Is there any more that you could get? <laughs> uh, there are a number of exams out there to take uh, that would God. give you more certification. Wow, that's, that's enough. I couldn't even get one of those. It's a handful. A lot to learn. It is a lot to learn. Yeah, okay. So an inspector, master combination inspector in your uh, situation with building division of land development services, there's nothing such as a air quote typical day. But what does an inspector with land uh, building division of land development services do? What kind of jobs are you going on? What are you looking at? What are you inspecting? Well, in my particular area, I'm assigned to the uh, residential building inspections department. Okay. Or that area of the inspection office. Uh, we look at everything from small appliance inspections to decks to new homes. Uh, just all aspects wow. of residential construction. Okay, okay. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to talk specifically pools today, and I think, you know, at least in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm thinking that's predominantly a residential type of thing. Uh, it is residential and also commercial. Okay, uh, yeah. All your uh, residential pools uh, obviously fall under the international uh, residential, uh, excuse me, our international 2012 pool and spa code, uh, as well I'm as your commercial. I'm glad you know that because I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, as well as your commercial pools. Uh, your commercial pools are typically the ones that are open to the public. Uh, mm-hmm. Residential pools are mainly for the residents and yeah. occupancies yeah. Of, a, of a single dwelling. Okay. Now, if I'm if I want a pool in my home. Do I know that I have to get inspected? I mean, is that something that the normal resident thinks, oh, I'm going to build a pool and stick it in my back. I need a permit for that. Yeah, the typical resident probably doesn't uh, have the ability to actually build a pool. There are various types. We have in-ground pools that are shot with gunite, and uh, typically there are contractors that build those pools. Mm. They are all um, have to be designed by a design professional. Gotcha. Uh, there are uh, on-ground pools uh, that a homeowner possibly, uh, you know, couldn't have the skills to to install those. Okay. Now, does does any 
pool in Fairfax County, uh, n- uh, a new construction of a pool, does, does any pool require a permit? Uh, there is some exceptions. If the pool is less than 150 square feet of surface area, hmm. or if it's less than 5,000 gallons, or less than 24 inches deep, uh, that would uh, exclude it from the permit requirement. Okay. Anything over and above that would uh, require a plan submission and uh, a permit for that. That's, that sounds pretty small, so that's probably not the typical pool people are going to be doing a lot of swimming in. No, so. it's probably more like a little kiddie pool, okay. uh, some of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I guess for our conversation, we're going to be thinking, you know, we're talking pools and spas. You, if you haven't thought about this already, you do need to get a permit and, yeah. and, and work with your office. And yes, a permit is required. There are several different departments involved in the permitting process. It could be the health department, zoning, uh, mm-hmm. site development, uh, as well as the, the building plan review branch. Okay, okay. Yes. We'll have a telephone number here shortly that folks can call and they can get more information and kind of weed through that uh, massive amount of uh, inspections that we've got to go through. When you're or your staff or your folks are working, what are some of the hazards with swimming pools and spas that like a building inspector would look at during an inspection? Uh, there's several elements that uh, that we pay very close attention to for, you know, the public safety. Uh, one is suction entrapment. Uh, that is uh, a very uh, predominant thing that we cl- mm. pay close attention mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's risk of electrical shock hazards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we pay close attention to that. And uh, we also pay very close attention to the barrier requirements for the pool to uh, keep out uh, unauthorized users, okay. such as small children. Like a fence or that type of thing? It could be a fence. It could be uh, a listed pool cover. Uh, they do have oh, an automatic okay. pool cover, ASTM F1346, that uh, can be installed and would alleviate uh, the need for a barrier around okay. the property. But barriers are one of those requirements. They are. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, you mentioned... Um, Suction, what would you call it? It's suction entrapment. Okay. What, uh, what is that? Uh, that's when a when a person would come in contact with a suction uh, outlet oh, that, okay. that circulates okay. gotcha. uh, the pool gotcha. system through the filter. That suction could be so strong as to actually uh, entrap the user uh, and prevent bodily injury and, and possibly death. Uh, we, we've heard – I don't think we've heard uh, as much in that as in the news – Lately, at least I'm not thinking that, but I know for a while there, it seems like it was a, a big, big news story. It was, yeah. If uh, if a person wanted to do the research, they could look at the Virginia Graham Baker Act hmm. uh, that was uh, written into law, which uh, takes care of all the, the suction entrapment portion of the code mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior issues of the code probably uh, did not uh, have that. In, oh, okay. You know, it was not part of it. Gotcha. When, when inspectors are looking uh, during the inspection process, what are they kind of looking for to ensure that the pools or the spas meet this code, uh, either state or county or whatever, for, for the suction entrapment? Yeah, there are several uh, different methods of doing it. One of the more popular ones is, is to have dual uh, outlets, and we're looking for the space in between the outlets to ensure uh, that there's no way that a person could actually cover both at the same time. There are listed grates and covers for the outlets that prevent uh, a person from becoming affixed to it. Okay. 
You also mentioned, I think you said uh, electrical safety, uh, something an inspector is looking for. Um, obviously, I, I know this, water and electricity is not good together. <laughs> that is correct, sir. <laughs> so so what, what an inspector looking for during an inspection when we're talking for electrical safety? Well, if we're talking, uh, let's use, for instance, an in-ground pool, new construction. Okay. Uh, all the metal parts associated with a pool have to be bonded together uh, to create a equal potential to ground. Hmm. Uh, okay. That's the pool motors, the pumps, um, all the pool steel, the rebar inside of the pool, uh, the pool deck, uh, and any metallic item that is involved in that pool has to be bonded together oh. uh, to leave equal potential. Okay. Uh, that would be, let's say, for instance, a diving board handrails, uh, light niches in, in the pool shell. What, what was that? Light niches. It's uh, would be the, the lights in the side of the pool oh, underwater. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow. All those have to be inspected and verified that they're bonded together. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's a, a pretty big portion of um, of the inspection process, okay. especially on the electrical side. Okay. Uh, another hazard may be uh, ground fault protection. Uh, as you stated earlier, Water and electricity right. don't tend to mix. Right. Uh, so GFI protection, okay. ground fault circuit interrupters right, right. are required. Uh, you know, they could be in the form of a breaker in the panel box. Uh, a lot of times you will, in your home you may notice uh, in your bathrooms and kitchens you see right, right. GFCI outlets. Uh, those are very sensitive. They can detect uh, a leakage to ground of a half a milliamp. Then they disconnect that circuit. Wow prevent an electrical shock. Right. I was familiar with that in my kitchen. I was going to ask if that was the same same thing or same principle. That's that, the same you know, device, cool. yes. Okay, interesting. Um, what about like, um, uh, there's a lot of communities that have underground power lines, but still a lot of communities have overhead power lines. Is, yeah. that, a, is that an issue? <clears throat> overhead power lines near a pool is, are... Uh, not allowed. Uh, oh, okay. That is definitely an issue. Uh, <laughs> you, you would not want an overhead service line coming directly over top of the pool. The uh, the electrical code gives all the, the heights and uh, distances that it has to be mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. from the actual water surface. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned this ground fault protection. Um, like I said, I, I know I've got those in my kitchen and bathroom. But I'm not sure. I'm trying to think if I've gone to community pools or whatever. I've I, I don't remember seeing electrical outlets to start with, you know. But where would these ground fault protection devices on pools be? Uh, typically, I think you would find them uh, in the panel box. It would be the circuit breaker serving, uh, you know, individual circuits. That probably uh, would be the most common method of uh, ground fault protection. Okay. okay. You mentioned a lot of the inspections necessary to build a pool, and we're going to go with the, the, a new pool construction here mm-hmm. for, our, for our example. So, you know, building permits, that kind of thing, the inspection permits. You also mentioned health department. Um, what are – I know you're not health department, but what are some of the kind of things maybe they're looking for? How do you, how do you and other departments work together for these inspections, if you will? Uh, well, with the health department, I think they're primarily uh, for uh, public pools, uh, water oh, okay. quality and things of that nature, uh, along with uh, speaking on the lines of public pools, they have to go through a certification process for the bonding. Uh, I do believe it's on an annual basis. Mm. 
uh, where they have to, you know, have their uh, bonding actually certified by an electrician and, uh, you know, certification entered into the to the county what, system. And you mentioned bonding earlier. What what does that mean to to me, a, a layperson who might not understand what that means? Well, bonding is just simply uh, an interconnection of all metallic parts associated with the pool. Uh, there again, uh, there's the the building steel, the pool steel, the rebar, the initial uh, shell of the pool. Uh, it could also be the the sidewalk or the patio area deck around the pool. Mm. Uh, you know, any fence that's within a certain distance uh, from the pool, any type of pool equipment such as pool heater, uh, circulation pumps, wow. uh, things of this nature, all those are required to be interconnected. Uh, okay. If we had a automatic pool cover, uh, typically they have a dry box that they set in. Those are metallic uh, rollers and uh, tracks and all that uh, material as well would have to be bonded. So, and, and again, I'm... I don't have your education and your background, so explain to me why these have to be interconnected, if you will. Well, it's uh, like I, like I said there earlier, is for uh, to ensure equal potential to ground. Uh, you wouldn't want one portion of it uh, being able to become energized and not have a path to ground. Okay, uh, it just ensures that all those parts are are bonded together and. Uh, Hopefully, all the the grounding conductors and whatnot are doing their job. Kind of diffuse everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that explains it. You mentioned suction entrapment, electrical safety, a couple of the hazards you're looking for when you're uh, looking at swimming pools and spas. But you also mentioned accidental drowning avoidance, and we talked about barriers, alarms, that kind of thing. So, again, kind of focusing on this area from the inspector point of view specific things you're looking for to help avoid accidental drowning in, sure. in, in the inspection process, which is, is fascinating to me. Yeah, sure. Uh, the, the barrier requirements for pools is found in Chapter 3. It's actually 305 of the uh, 2012 International Residential uh, Swimming Pool and Spa Code. And that's uh, the reason he has eight certifications, folks. And uh, <laughs> there again, it's it, it can be... Uh, Different uh, different things. The code gives you different options. Uh, one of the probably, uh, in my mind's eye, one of the best options is the automatic pool cover. Mm. Uh, it has to be listed, tested uh, under a certain standard, which is ASTM F1346. Uh, that would alleviate the need for a physical barrier. Uh, physical barriers have many different uh, compositions and makeup. They could be a chain link fence, uh, as prescribed by uh, the code, mm -hmm. uh, they could be horizontal, vertical, or diagonal wood members, such as a, a fence. Uh, it goes through the gate requirements uh, for pedestrian gates. Uh, it goes through uh, utility gates and uh, different things of that nature. Right, it goes right. through the heights and uh, whatnot. Uh, probably the most common uh, we see is... Uh, the the rear yard fenced in uh, and using okay, okay. The, the the rear of the home as part of the barrier. Gotcha. That's acceptable to do that. Uh, there are certain requirements for any opening leading to that area uh, that they be alarmed. Uh, you oh, know, okay. Through a uh, a listed uh, alarm that's UL twenty seventeen for the alarm. Right. Uh, okay. 
that's to notify the the occupants of the home that there's a breach gotcha. into the pool area for you know gotcha. obviously smaller yeah. children and whatnot. Well, you know, I think a lot of folks, including myself, realize that you know a fence or barrier, those type of things are important to have. But I know I haven't thought this is stuff that really needs to be thought about beforehand, and that there's codes for these and there's inspections for these. I've I've, I've found this. Very educational. (laughs) So I appreciate it, if if nothing else. Final question, what are some things homeowners can do uh, to ensure that their pool is safe? And and is there any information available for them to to access? Sure, yeah. Uh, I would think the the, the homeowner, probably the best thing they can do is to make sure their barrier uh, and pool alarms are in good working order. Uh, obviously, you know, maintenance of gates and things of that nature are, you know, paramount to safety. Uh, Fairfaxcounty.gov has many uh, brochures or uh, informational pamphlets available online. Uh, also, one could go to Fairfaxcounty.gov uh, and look for codes and standards. The actual uh, codes are available to the public you know, for their viewing, and they actually can view uh, the code books that uh, mm-hmm. that they're building by. Okay. And I think in, I've got some notes here. It's, I think, on the website, the uh, 2012 International Swimming Pool and Spa Code, I think, that, that you referred correct. to, yes, it, it is what's on fairfaxcounty.gov website, which is a helpful resource for, for residents to at least be familiar with and look at if they're thinking about a pool. It is, uh, you know, and like I say, you know, it really goes through uh, step by step as far as the barriers and what's required. Uh, It doesn't really cover the actual construction of the pool per se. Uh, You know, that's that's left up to the design professional to design the pool. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of helpful information in there, and you can kind of do your homework and Mm -hmm. see what you're up against. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, definitely a great conversation we've had, uh, Johnny, uh, to help me and, and a lot of others, I think, at least think from the beginning, you know, that proper design, safety, inspections, code, there's a lot of things involved as we're getting toward warmer weather and we're thinking about our, our, our new pool or our new spa. So uh, uh, go ahead and think about that with, with the end in mind. And again, thanks for, uh, for being our very first guest on Code Talk. Thanks for stepping up to the plate and being with us. A fascinating conversation. Oh, you're more than welcome. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Glad to have you, Johnny. Johnny Vinoy, and uh, the publication, again, that we talked about is on the Land Development Services webpage, and you can find that at fairfaxcounty.gov slash landdevelopment. Just click on publications on the left-hand side. Now, if you have some other questions, maybe about building a swimming pool or spa or or other questions, you can reach the building division, 703-631-5101. Again, that's 703-631-5101, or you can email ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. I'll repeat that. Don't worry. ldsbdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. If you need more information and news updates from Fairfax County, you can go online to fairfaxcounty.gov news or call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329 weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for listening to The Code Talk podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.